for question and answers number 14. Let's go! What is up, you sexy bastards? It's that time of the year, time of the month, questions and answers, time of the day. You know what it is. Submit questions that you have at okdork.com slash asknoah, and hopefully I have a great answer for you in one of the future episodes. Today, we have three questions from three gorgeous people. Philippe had a question about customer development. Rick has a question about blogging and writing. And Albert Lynn, my man, I love this guy, had a question about B2B marketing and stuff. We're going to talk about that and whatever other fun things come up today in answering your questions. Number 14, or as they say in Spanish, catorce, arbatese. All right. Whatever language you guys say 14 in is how I want to speak it. Let's get it on. All right, question number one from Philippe Fernandez. We grew our custom software development business, PyTech. Philippe, thank you for including your link. That's pi.tech. How far do you guys know Pi? 3.14159265358979323384? I think that's as far as I got. How far did you get? To seven figures in one year. Hot damn. I need to come work for you. Uh, launched September 2021, but 100% through our professional networks. Yeah, that's a great way to start any business. Now I need to find customers and create a sales funnel. What inbound and outbound activities would you focus on if you were me? George, our junior intern, found some secret info on Philippe. Thank you, George. So one, how did they get to seven figures? We will do 3 million bucks this year, which is huge. And I want to get double to 6 million next year, but we have an empty funnel. Sounds so sad. (laughs) My business partner brought in a few deals with companies he consulted with in the past. I was regularly posting on LinkedIn and recently got too busy and a college friend's husband was starting a business. We got a million dollar project because she knew what I did and it was a natural fit. Where have they found a lot of the people? LinkedIn and conferences. What is the problem that PyTech is trying to solve? Need to quickly scale their engineering team or they need a team to build software that's outside of their core business. Now, who are the customers that PyTech has been pursuing? Startups that recently raised a round to scale engineering teams and two, Small, medium businesses, 1 million to 100 million in the health tech, oil and gas, and fintech space. Now, what's really interesting about that is that not once did he actually say, hey, we grew our business through our website. And I really love that because I think people are very fixated on how do we use our website to do all that. It's like, you may not even need your website to make a crap ton of money. And it turns out that Philippe, I think is in Austin, Texas, which is really amazing. So one, give yourself some props for how far you guys have come. What? 3 million in one year is really fast. And that's not normal. So give yourself some props for that. Now, I know you're not going to like my answer. Sometimes people don't want the answers. A lot of the times, the best answer is the most obvious, boring ass answer. And I think we all want some shiny object. I know I love shiny things. So how to actually double the business. Number one thing is do more of what works. My business partner brought in a few deals with the company he consulted with. So Can you ask your business partner to go to other companies he's consulted with or ask other people who consult with companies? I promise you there's more there. And next, you said, I was posting on LinkedIn and that got a million dollar project. Hmm, but I got too busy. Yeah, well, I guess you're too busy to make a million dollars then. So do those more. It sounds like, look at people who've already consulted with other companies. Maybe you can do a referral program as well. Like, hey, if you've consulted for people, I'll give you a referral fee for referring people. So if that's been working for your partner and he's out of companies that he can refer, find other people who have companies and pay them to refer. And if LinkedIn worked for you, do more of that. Another thing you can really consider is that if you've gotten these companies and they've worked well with you, A, can you expand the business that you already have with them? Like, is there a business expansion strategy there where 
If you've gotten a million dollar contract from them, can you get a two million? Can you make it recurring? Or B, can you ask them, hey, do you know anyone else in this area that we can go for a referral? That's definitely some of the low-hanging fruit. And I would be surprised if you couldn't get to $10 million in a consulting business through that area. Now, one thing that stands out for me in custom software development is that you're still actually really broad. I wonder if you can get to a double next year and beyond being a little bit more specific. There are companies that focus on you know, startups that raise around. There's companies that focus on health tech. Pick the category that you actually think you can make the most money in or is the easiest for you to scale or you enjoy the most. And I would actually just focus a lot more on that. It's like, all right, if you just focus on health tech, so I bet you can get a lot more customers like, hey, we do custom software development. We can do it faster or cheaper, whatever your, your unique angle is, and go a lot ham on that. For other businesses that are out there, like AppSumo.com, the business I help work at and help run, we're focusing on solopreneurs moving forward. So it's individuals with less than five people that are agencies, marketing agencies like you guys, you're a little bit bigger at this point. You want tools and software to help make your agency seem like a very large company without the large prices. And so I think for everyone out there, who is your unique customer? What's the actual real pain that they have? And how can you over-deliver on that for them? So one, keep doing what works, see how you can leverage your existing customer base, and keep going at it. You probably already know this stuff. I don't think, I think a lot of times in business, I talk to people like, yeah, I already knew it. I'm like, all right, then why'd you ask me? They're like, I don't know. I thought maybe you'd have some really creative thing. And it's like, you know what's creative? Doing what works. You know what's not creative? Chasing shiny shit. Like I said, chasing. I don't know if you guys caught that. So anyways, you're already doing great. The one other thing that you might want to consider is from Chet Holmes of the Ultimate Sales Machine book, one of my favorites of all time, is doing like a dream list. And this is, works for especially in really targeted businesses. Like AppSumo, we go after a mass market of people. We want you know, a lot of solopreneurs that are out there. So that's what we focus on. But if you're targeting not that many people, just make a list of, all right, who is funded that could be a potential customer? Or if you know you're going after healthcare or tech or fintech in specific geographies or in specific categories, just make a list of 100. And you don't really have to be that creative. You just have to figure out, all right, how do I get a hold of the decision maker and make sure I can actually do something valuable enough for them that they want to work with me? And so a lot of times people get super, they're like, I have to post on LinkedIn. It's like, well, who's your five customers? These five. All right, just go direct to those people, especially you can do it on LinkedIn. So those are how I would think about it. I love that you have a clear goal about doubling next year that's really aggressive. And I think right now I would probably lean into the fact that people want to save money. Like, hey, if you've raised money and you don't want to hire a bunch of engineers and healthcare costs and payroll costs and all these things, like we could do it faster and cheaper. So you might even want to lean into like, hey, if people are trying to save money during these times, like we could be a great alternative for them. So nice job, Felipe. Keep it up. Question number two is from Rick Cornwell. Hi, Noah. I'm a college student that really enjoys writing. Dude, that's great. In this day and age, is it better to start a newsletter or a blog? I notice you seem to be growing both. I like the newsletter. So you can always have a newsletter site. So there's sendfox.com. There's MailChimp. There's WordPress.com. There's Twitter. There's all these different things. I think the newsletter from a long-term perspective is one of the better assets that you can be building. The problem with the blog is that it's really dependent on Google or direct traffic, which is great. But you, if you want to communicate with someone, like if I post something on Instagram today, I am at the mercy of Instagram deciding who sees it. Same thing literally everywhere. And even newsletters, right? It's really Gmail who decides it. But it's a higher percentage that you're going to be able to communicate with your audience. I would do both. It doesn't have to be an or decision. But I would focus on how do I get people excited? Maybe you use Substack. Maybe it is SendFox. Maybe it's another provider where you are growing the email list is the number one thing. And you're able to get some bonus points by putting it out as a blog so that other people can find it. I think one thing for everyone out there, uh, whether you're just a college student, which is awesome, Rick, it's kind of exciting to see college students check out our stuff, or you're super old, like me, 40. 
um, is that you should be practicing your writing. It's insane how many people have really poor communication skills. And that is one of the most valuable things you can learn in your life. Now, how do you improve your communication skills? I'll tell you a few things that I like to do. One, I read dating books. So there's pickup books like The Game. But a lot of it, it's like, I don't care about that, whether people care about pickup artists or not. But it's about communication style. And it's like, how do you talk to someone in a convincing way? I'm not saying deceiving. I'm saying convincing. So that's number one. Number two, Gary Halbert letters. I've loved that. Number three is my buddy, Neville, copywritingcourse.com. I love his content. It's very unique and creative. And number four, this is going to be the most impactful. Number one, listen to your material or read your material as an editor. So what do I mean by that? If you're writing something, read it out loud. Or if you're doing a video, record the video and watch yourself and actually edit it. And do the same thing with your writing. Write your stuff and then give it like a break for a day and then come back and actually look at it and be put your Google Docs in like suggesting mode. That is how you are going to really improve your writing. Because you'll start seeing like, oh man, I'm doing this a lot. And then the last thing I would say, the ultimate thing is that who you are trying to communicate for, whether it's a female, male, whether it's a prospective client, whether it's you know someone you want to buy things for, whatever that is, ask them for feedback. So as you're sending that communication, you can always follow up and say, hey, is there things you liked about my email? What did you not like? Or maybe it's a peer or a colleague or it's another college student. And they will tell you the things they like and don't like. And guess what? The feedback is a gift. And that is how you will always keep improving and learning the joys of writing, which is one of the most, I would say, underrated things, which is communication in business today. So the other thing in business that's underrated is follow-up. People do not follow up enough. Question number three is from my boy, Albert Lin. I love this guy, hustling hard every day. He's like Rick Ross's protege. Hey, Noah, if you had a CPG, consumer packaged goods business, is it possible to target B2B and B2C or should you only focus on one group? I've heard trying to do both shows a lack of commitment. I don't give a shit, Albert, what anybody else is trying to tell you. If it's working for you, do it. That's the problem sometimes with YouTube and blogs or whatever, not people get their information from books, courses. We tend to believe what we've heard is the absolute truth and that is absolutely false. So what I mean by that and, and what Albert's going at is let's say you have a product. Uh, let's just take a water bottle. That's what I'm looking at right now. I have this Camelback water bottle. Now, there's an approach where you can actually go and just sell it to individuals. So, hey, I'm going to do ads. I'm going to have a Shopify store. I'm going to try to do YouTube. I'm going to try to do influencers. And that's great. And you know, one by one, you sell them. There's another company, the same exact water bottle that says, no, I'm going to sell these as promotional material to companies. I'm going to sell these at clubs. I'm going to sell these through wholesale gyms or at stores. Now, you could do both approaches and both can work. I think what I would think about and the way I like to approach it is which one do I enjoy? Where do I have an advantage? And which one is getting me the results that's helping me get to, most importantly, Albert, and I, th I think you're going to know where I'm going to go, to my goal. So another way of kind of reframing this question and another way of looking at it is with AppSumo and my experiences in, in our companies is that don't stray from who you're trying to serve. What do I mean by that is that at AppSumo, we love serving solopreneurs. So I love helping the underdogs. I love helping the sumo links, the people who are just getting going. If you're on Salesforce, I don't care about you. If you're like, hey, we're trying to do an ERP. If you do ERP, I ER don't care. Well, I'm like, I don't think my jokes are funny. I just can't, they're kind of funny today. I just can't tell because you're not here listening and laughing with me. By the way, if you enjoy the jokes, hit me up at TikTok or at Twitter or at Instagram, at Noah Kagan, and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you guys when you listen to these episodes. So taking a step back on it, I think the question that I would consider is that there's two different strategies. And I've seen it. Like there's been other strategies of companies competing against AppSumo that try to do it through partnerships. So Stack Social try to do it through partnering with websites to promote the deals while we went directly to the end consumer. 
Now you could do both and both can work. I would just see, figure out what works for you or figure out what works best for the customer base you're trying to target. I don't think there is necessarily a wrong one. The only thing I would say is that a lot of times in business, especially in like SaaS-based companies, sometimes on the CPG side, you do start small with a smaller type SMB customer, like an individuals, and you go to larger ones because you're like, wow, they complain less and they spend a lot more. And really, you just have to make that choice for yourself. I would really work backwards from what's my goal and what is the most effective way of helping me get to that goal and then go and do that. I don't think lack of commitment. If you're committed to kicking ass and working hard and like trying to help people, I don't think it matters. I think the focus is who am I trying to help and what is the most effective way of helping those people at the end of the day? Let me know how it goes, Albert. And if you have a question that you want answered in a future episode, it's okdork.com slash asknoah. I love each and every one of you. If you want to shout out in a future episode, leave a review. You ever check in the episodes online? Uh, tweet at me. I already gave it to you at Noah Kagan or Instagram or TikTok at Noah Kagan. I'd love to hear what you guys think about these episodes. If you're not on my mailing list, sendfox.com slash Noah. And if you're not on our YouTube channel, we just got youtube.com slash Noah Kagan. Pretty, pretty sweet. Thank you to Jason at podcasttech.com for making these episodes. Thank you to Mitchell, Jeremy, George, Cam, Sasa, Nikki, and Jen of the Dork Team for helping make all this magic happen. Have a bored day. Like real bored. What's your favorite coffee to order? Bye.